0: Mom, Dad, I humbly suggest you save some money and shop Amazon for back to school. It's for my growth, meaning my body's growing at an alarming rate. And clothes you buy me this year will be very small very soon. Plus, the clothes I love today will be out of style tomorrow. But at least your wallet doesn't have to be my fashion victim if you shop low prices for school at Amazon. Hopefully this is helpful. Amazon, spend less, smile more.
1: Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. We've surpassed all those, you know, mortality kind of cutoffs of, you know, businesses that don't make it five years, 10 years, we're all past all that. So, Today, we're going to talk about kind of what I, I see as the growth years, and this is where you enter, Andy, as the owner, and we talk to you and Tom Jones and Peter Berg about what that period looks like running up to the franchise. In
2: today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses, but how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors, straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Deal Board and to our series about Transworld and about the history and growth of our brand. So last time we were together, uh, we talked about the early years. So from the mid to late 70s, all the way through to the early 90s. And I think what's really amazing about that story, Andy, is that, you know, most companies don't make it that long at all, let alone through that many ownership changes, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, it was pretty amazing that what happened and there were several owners, there are several partnerships going on, and usually things kind of explode. And then, of course, a business Owner dies and yeah, then the business true. continues on. And you know why it continued on? Because of our business, because selling businesses works and mm-hmm. it and it can create an incredible legacy, like we we've done. I mean, you know, we, we talk about all the time how hard it is to start a business and what the uh the more you know mortality rate for these businesses is very, very high. And so selling a business and keeping that intellectual property going is just, it just works. And so this is a great story.
1: It is a great story. So today we're we're really getting into where Transworld hits its stride. So we've been through a few different owners. Um, we've surpassed all those, you know, mortality kind of cutoffs of, you know, businesses that don't make it five years, 10 years, we're all past all that. So Today, we're going to talk about kind of what I, I see as the growth years, and this is where you enter, Andy, as the owner, and we talk to you and Tom Jones and Peter Berg about what that period looks like running up to the franchise. So maybe you can kind of just give us an overview of some of the milestones along the way that we're going to hear about in today's episode.
3: Yeah, so... We decided, you know, when, when I decided to move to Florida, my wife and I, we uh, decided to move to Florida. Again, I tell a little bit of the story, but I was looking to buy a business, wound up at Transworld one day and was intrigued with both the business and the idea of becoming a business broker because, again, I didn't know what Florida wanted or needed. So I joined the firm, uh, agreed to join the firm in late 94. takes a while to get your license down here in Florida. Back then, you actually had to take classes and you had to go to, you had to go to a big auditorium and take a test and it's not online or anything. So I wound up joining in 95, in March of uh, 95. And we were going along. 95 was a good year for us. I sold several businesses. We were doing well as a company. And then 96 was a tough year. I I forget why 96 was a tough year, but we were just struggling. Uh, We had some big deals maybe fall through. I had my sophomore slump, which I've talked about in the past what a sophomore slump is. And so at the beginning of 97, Don's full retirement kicks in at, at IBM. And he, you know, has his boat and he's spending more time on his boat. And he really wasn't in the growth mode. And I was, so, you know, as a young man, I was 32 years old. And I'm like, we, you know, we want to grow this business. And several people here at Trans World wanted that too. So I buy Transworld on March 25th, 1997. And uh, Don and I literally switch seats and we tell that story. Um, And then, you know, one of the next big milestones that we hit as we grew was we did a deal with New Tech. It It was called Wilshire Partners at the time. It was a thing called the Capco program where they were investing in small businesses. I was showing them some businesses to invest in. And through some conversations and one lunch, uh, Barry uh, Sloan, who's still at New Tech, said to me uh, with their partners said, hey, we should invest it in Transworld. So they decided to make an investment in Transworld in uh, November of 99. Uh, it was a substantial investment, it was $3 million. And I was able to take some of that money and grow Transworld, and we did. And we we started going out there in the world and. Um, and in 2001, they they loved us so much. We wound up opening another one in in New York, and they bought into Trans World in Florida. And again, we keep we we kept growing through that process. And uh, we opened up right after uh, uh, right after New Tech goes public. They decided, hey, we don't like you anymore. <laughs> I mean, they just didn't like the business. Not good right. for public companies. Not good for predicting cues. So they decided to divest, and several people that you, we talked to on the podcast, two of them being Tom Jones and Peter Berg, and other people invest in Transworld and buy Transworld, and I do some more investment, and we buy back the shares from New Tech. And in that process, the attorney uh, was working with someone who was buying another franchise, not by the name of John Ruggieri. He wanted to open up a franchise in in Orlando of another business brokerage and he said well you should talk to these guys at Transworld they just put all this money into Transworld they're buying it they want to expand so that was our first real outside office uh where we expanded in Florida and that went very well and John's a great guy and he he wound up doing one of the things I tell everybody not to do is buy <laughs> a business that you have a listing so he did that and decided that he wanted to leave uh Transworld so uh, then in 2006, we decided we were feeling really good. We were growing. We bought another brokerage up in Jacksonville to kind of complete our East Coast expansion of Transworld, and um, and you know again going very well. 2006, 2007, the economy's on fire. 2008, doing incredibly well, and then 2009 comes along and it's like, uh-oh, you know the world starts to crater. And we decide, hey, it might be time to think about franchising. And so that's the timeline uh, between the you know the years that I bought it and up right up to uh, the time we decide uh, to franchise.
1: Yeah, and it's a really great interview that I have with you, Peter and Tom. Tom actually was with the with Transworld before you were, so he gives us some insight into what that transition looks like peter joined a few years after you um but it was a really expansive time i think would be the word um so lots of uh, lots of stuff that you guys faced from investors, reinvestment, recessions, all the way leading up to franchise. So that's going to take us through basically the first two parts, the first 50% of the story. Um, We really hope you enjoyed today's episode. We hope that you enjoy us sharing um, our history of trans world with you. Andy, thank you again for all your research, uh, because I know this has been a lot of heavy lifting, trying to figure out all the dates and stuff, but we've got a great episode today.
3: It's a great episode and I appreciate everybody's part in listening and, and all the people that have been a part of trans world over the last, you know, 40 years, especially in the last 10. I mean, there's so many people that we want to have on the podcast and you've heard from them in the past, uh, doing all things like listing of the week and dealer week, which we have this week. So it's gonna It's a great episodes. Um, and hopefully they will be around for a long time. So people can understand, uh, just an incredible story.
1: Yeah, let's get to it.
3: Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is?
1: Money time? Almost. It's time for
3: Listing of the Week. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And
4: it is Listing of the Week. And we have Joe D, Joe DiBartolo here from Trans World Business Brokers of West Florida. and But he's all over the place. He goes <laughs> wherever he can go to get a deal done. Joe, Yo, you are working on a very nice construction company. Tell me a little bit about it. 25 years old. It's uh, about uh, 95 employees, W-2 employees. Uh, that's about three, earnings about 1.2 a year, and uh, it's, it's selling for 3.4 million. So 3.4 million, so it's about three times, right? Yes. Yes, yes. and a 25-year-old company. Yes it sounds like a very nice company. Been around for a long time, proven track record. Yes, nice. The projection, yeah, projections going? are good. Uh, you know, uh, everything's good. Has all the taxes, all the uh, all the taxes, all the financial documents. good book, good books and records. Yes. And it's it's uh, got a I lot have... of work in progress. Yes, yeah, it has a lot of the whip is pretty good. It has a lot of lot of, lot whip. of work. Yeah, lot of work. Using in industry terms on you, <laughs> folks. So lot of work. No, it's it's lot, of, lot, of, <laughs> lot of whip. So. Uh, Joe, I, you know, so you said you had it S D qualified. Yes, I did. So ten or twenty percent down. Yes, about twenty uh, percent down. Yeah, twenty percent down. So it sounds like a great deal, Joe. If somebody wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way? Uh, you just, uh email me. or you can call me at three five two nine 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 one eight one five.
3: There it is. Give Joe a call. This is a good one. Won't last long, right? Yes. All right, buddy. All right. Thanks,
4: Thanks, Thanks you. for coming in. Thank you.
1: All right. Welcome everybody. So today we're telling the story of Transworld as we're celebrating 10 years of franchising the brand. And I'm really lucky to tell phase two of the Transworld story. I have three of the original 12 shareholders that began the franchising journey and they're going to catch us up from, you know, we got through the early stage already. And now we're going to talk really about the growth stage, how Transworld became a dominant force in Florida and then took off into deciding to franchise across the U.S. and internationally as well. So I want to kick us off with Tom, you're kind of the next step in the journey. You, um, you're you of the shareholders, you're the first to jump on and join. So take us back to that year and tell us what it was like when you joined Transworld.
5: So I joined, I, we were trying to figure that out the other day. I think I joined Transworld in somewhere around, around 1992. And um, it wasn't my first um, experience with business brokerage. I started in Raleigh, North Carolina, five years earlier, working for VR business brokers uh, right out of college, my career. And when I moved to Florida, um, I also joined a VR office down here. And uh, that VR office closed, which forced me to go work for a real estate company. And I got to know some new agents there by the name of Don. And Bonnie Parish, uh, they were recent uh, retirees, or he was a retiree, earlier retiree from IBM, and they were looking for a new career. And this was uh, business brokerage was it for them? They were working as a team, um, and then they they found uh, an opportunity by the name of Trans World Business Brokers at the time, and it was a small office. I'm sure Andy will tell you a little bit more about that. Um, but, uh, the original owner of that, of that business, uh, passed away unexpectedly and, uh, his wife was selling the, selling the assets of what was left. And Don and Bonnie, um, wanted to get involved in that and purchase that business, but they needed to have somebody that was going, that was knowledgeable about, um, you know, business brokerage to help them, help them grow it and, and, and do something with that particular business. So. They convinced me to join them, and I left where I was and joined them. And, and it was a very modest beginning, extremely modest. And we, you know, we grew the business from there. Um, I think we had, you know, maybe three or four or five agents when Andy got involved, and and, uh, and then from from that point, uh, after uh, a short time, uh, Don and Bonnie wanted to retire or take a step back from ownership anyway. And they got Andy involved and interested in the business, and he acquired it. Um, And that was really the real beginning of Trans World as it is today. Uh, That's when you know Andy uh, controlled the business and started to, you know, put all his energy and efforts and money into growing it, infrastructure and marketing and advertising. That's when we started to really gain traction. Yeah,
1: it's it's really interesting when you're talking, Tom, because. You know, a, a lot of our listeners are fellow business broker offices, Trans World franchisees, and a lot of them look at Trans World Florida as this large, com, you know, very competitive business. And thinking about back in '92, starting out three or four agents, um, it just takes time, right? It doesn't. It doesn't start like this. You don't dominate from day one. Well, we
5: were we were no literally a no name on the block. We, nobody knew us, and the little they did know of us was was not good so you can in a sense you could say that we were starting uh you know from a deficit you know in, in our business and it really really took a lot of effort um to uh to change sort of the perception and the marketplace of what transworld was all about and his motto has always been doing good deals for good people and we could really put that in place and and uh started to build a name for ourselves and we started uh we we,
4: we you
5: know we kind of instituted some really interesting marketing. Um, You know, the postcards were early on that really uh, launched our business and really drove our inventory in the early days. Um, Also, and I remember this very clearly, uh, Andy came to us with the idea of putting up um, billboards. And at the time, I think it was like 50 or 60 grand to put up billboards around town. And that was like all the money in the world to us. And it was a big gamble. And it paid uh, off tremendously because it put us on the map with the with the public. Um, you know the the places that all the places that people drove in South Florida, the major thoroughfares, there was a billboard, you know, world business brokers at that time. And uh, you know we sell businesses. very simple message, and it really resonated amongst you know business owners. everybody started to recognize what we were all about. We were still a very small, tiny little company, but, the perception was uh, in the marketplace that we were huge and uh, we we really started everything that we did was to drive them in 40. It was today, but, um, and it, but these things really, these big gambles really paid off big dividends for us.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure there was gambles that didn't so much. So we've been talking about sure. this guy, Andy, um, that's entered at some point. Um, So Andy Cagnetta, current CEO of Transworld Business Advisors. Andy, Talk about when you joined, a couple years after Tom, and what was your experience like in those first couple years?
3: Yeah, you know, I, I tried to tell the story quickly, but I, I joined because I was a customer. I came down to Florida looking to buy a business, and I was looking around to a lot of different business brokers uh, because I had never run into a business broker, so I ran into Transworld and I was looking in the newspaper because that's the way you advertised back then. And there was all these business brokers here in Florida. And I started visiting them. And many of them, as Tom, you know, kind of alluded to, were, you know, that they, they had deficits in their reputations. They were like used car sales salespeople. But, you know, through, through the process and I kept at it, I wound up at Transworld and Don and Bonnie ran a different ship. I mean, they, you know, he was from IBM. She... She was a great business broker. And so immediately, you know, I walk in there and Tom's there and a few, you know, a few other people and Don and Bonnie, and it just felt different. And they invited me to join the team. And so uh, I joined the team as a salesperson because I thought this would be a great way to get to know Florida. I didn't know anybody in town. And so, uh, you know, quickly, Tom and I and and Don and Bonnie and a few of a few others, you know, were just trying to, you know, grow Trans World. And you know, again, Tom's saying, you know, just guerrilla marketing. And until I decided, two years in, Don took an early buyout on his retirement, uh, which meant he got, uh, I think he got uh, benefits, but he got he didn't get his retirement income, uh, and then his full retirement income kicked in. Uh, in early 97 so uh, we decided you know I decided and my wife and I decided to buy Transworld at the time and so I bought Transworld Tom you know was our lead trainer at the time and and we decided that we were going to you know expand and we were going to put some money into the business
1: how is that i mean since it's i'm interested cuz we sell businesses for a living and we coach people going through this transition it's like for both of you, Tom and Andy, like, how was that ownership transition from you know the the Don and Bonnie era to the the new era, really?
3: Well, I, I literally, I, I I did, I have to say, you know, I, I did, I think I broke confidentiality a little bit, so I think. We were kind of frustrated at the time, you know, not nothing against Don, Don was doing a great job, but you know, his head was, you know, he had a nice big boat, I forget what kind of boat that was, but he was spending a little bit more time on that. And, you know, several of us, we had one computer, we needed, you know, five computers, we needed to kind of move things forward. So there were some people and some frustrations. So I kind of walked around and said, hey, what happens if I bought the place? You know, and I got basically, you know, I got some good support uh, and so I walked into Don's office. I actually wrote him a letter because I, I wanted to make sure I got it all, you know, got all my, my feelings out before he had a chance to respond. And he responded positively. And literally, we just changed desks. I mean, he literally took my seat. Um, and they were expanding at the time. They kept hiring people. We, we had a few different offices in that building. We kept taking more offices in that crazy building that we were in. And so Don and I just switched chairs uh one day and I was in charge. And uh, you know, and Tom was behind me. We had a few other great people like Jerry Efros who uh, you know, walked into my office and said, You either did the craziest thing that you have ever done or the smartest thing. I'm not sure which. So uh it, you know, but- again, we were we were just we were in the game of just trying to get our name out there still. Yeah, Don and Don and
5: uh- and Andy were in different places, obviously in their, in their lives. Uh, you know, Don was sort of, you know, uh, you know, the wheels were down and, and he was, uh, I guess at the time he was in his mid fifties, late fifties. So, you know, he was, he was kind of, you know, posting and 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 winding it down, so to speak, where Andy was, gosh, I'm probably 26, 27 years old, 28, somewhere in that area. And, you know, full of piss and vinegar and ready to take this challenge on. And, and that was the big difference. And, we could see it as agents when, you know, immediately um, there was, you know, Andy, you know, uh, kudos to him, Uh, excuse me, kudos kudos to him. He reinvested everything we earned back in the business and new phone systems and, you know, computers and always upgrading everything, doing the things that needed to be done to make all the agents more, you know, more productive. And that's what we were all hungry for. We were all looking for that, you know, just, you know, at the end of, the Don and Bonnie uh, period. So it was it was great timing for us. Um I don't know how much longer we would have been able to carry on in the manner that we were um, because we were growing because there wasn't the infrastructure wasn't keeping up with our growth.
1: Yeah. Well, and also now we're thinking about this. So anybody in '97, right? So now we're on the precipice of the dot-com era, right? So Andy was shopping for businesses and the, the newspaper and everything's changing. You guys are trying some of the guerrilla marketing things. I think there's still pictures of that those billboards somewhere too, Andy. We'll have to dig them up and tag them on the episode at some point. For, yeah. for
2: years in our, in our folders, in our marketing folders, we had the picture of the sign, the trans world sign. So I think we got more mileage over the years, showing the billboard and the marketing of materials <laughs> than we actually did having the thing up.
1: Yeah, exactly. Which is totally the point is like, sometimes marketing is about the after effects and, and the, the the PR you can use afterwards. So, okay. So we're 97, you know, what's next? Like what's the next big milestone um, for Transworld at this point? Yeah. Well, I, I think
3: we were kind of, again, just, operating and we were going out there uh i remember i called my competitor across the street and said you know i, I thought it was a hot shot for buying it and i said well you know if you ever want to sell you could, you know sell to me and uh the competitor across the street said well i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna sell to you but if we did sell it'd be a lot of money because we're number one and i'm like you're number one you know I, we thought we were pretty good by by then and And they're like, yeah, we have 37 listings and you guys have 32. So I think that was the last time they had more listings than us. Again, as Tom said, we were very competitive at the time. And we were, you know, just out there looking to do things. And I had a classmate from uh, college that they started a thing called Capco program in New York, and they were bringing it to Florida and they flew down and they were looking to buy businesses. And they were looking to invest, you know, millions of dollars into these businesses. And through some meetings that we had with businesses and some lunches in between and a couple of dinners, they looked at me and they said, we want to invest in Trans World." And so the next big milestone was in 99 when we did a deal with New Tech that it was called a different company. It was called uh, Wilshire at the time. And we did a deal where they funded us and they gave us $3 million And and you brought it up because it was. It was the dot-com era, it was 99, things are flying high. They give us three million and two, and you know, like all of it was for this dot-com play that we were just about to do. And then April of 2000 rolls around and, you know, there's literally a huge crash. Uh, the, the internet world is in smoldering, you know, smoldering. And they call me up and they say, don't spend the money on the internet you know play and i said i didn't spend any of the money yet and they said well you can use 10% of the money to grow and that's what you need to start doing you need to grow and you need to take $300,000 and invest it in your business and you need to move to new offices and you need to hire some competitors and so that's what we did we and we moved and we started looking for new people and uh, I think that that is just about when Peter came along. I
1: as to I say, and one of those those new people, <laughs> that new person was Peter Berg, right? Is Peter? That's really yeah. about one you entered. And,
2: and interestingly enough, I was one of those .dot com .dot bomb refugees, right? So I had, at the time my my background was in in banking, and I, I I did sort of what Transworld did as an investment banker, but I got involved in a transaction uh, where I actually bought a company. And uh, and 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 took the company public. It was a dot com company, and the dot com era was followed by the dot bomb era. So Andy mentioned in April, the whole world blew up. So I blew up as well, and uh, my company blew up. And the, it was a big fiery ball of you know disaster. A couple people, two of my closest friends, who were still my two of my closest friends, both were friends of, with Andy. And they said, hey, why don't you talk to Andy? He's a, he's a good guy. He's a smart guy. Uh, just I was just looking to network with people, figuring out what to do. And I met with Andy, and I came to a sales meeting. I met Tom. And, uh, of course, Andy told me at that time, and I'm, I, 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 I tell everybody in class, Andy said, you know, Peter, guys like you, they, they don't make it in this business. That's when he first met me, he told me that.
4: Now I'm gonna eat that forever. By the way. Yeah, he's gonna <laughs> yeah.
2: eat that forever. Uh, but what he meant was that, you know, I was like a, a home run swinger, you know, swinging hit for the fences, uh, you know, trying to do a stock deal and, you know, make a whole bunch of money and this is not that kind of business. This is a roll up your short sleeves and get, you know, get into the mud and, and, and duke it out, hitting singles and doubles. And, um, and so I took that to heart. And I, I, I came to a meeting and I met Tom and some of the other guys and said, you know what? I think I just want to be an agent at Transworld. Um, you know, I did, I had a big company. I didn't want payroll and all the problems of running a company. And I wanted to be home for dinner and I had small children at the time. And so I just, I said, Andy, I just, I just want to be an agent. And uh, I did my training with Tom and it was a robust 30 minutes of training. Um, and basically he told me get nine, uh, 15 listings in 90 days and you'll be successful. And you know what to do, how to get them and and, and what to do once I got them. And I just went out and did it. And um, you know, and, and and the rest was history. At that point, and you know, it's worked out pretty well since then. That was twenty-two years ago.
1: Yeah, it's it's so funny to hear you guys talk because there's so many parallels of of what you all still teach now, right? I think actually, Tom and Peter, in your training session for new agents, new franchisees, you still say fifteen listings in ninety days, right?
5: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah,
2: yeah. You know, yeah. it's a good it's a good measure. Um, if you, you know, your first three months, you just focus on marketing and getting listings and not worry about buyers and not even really worry about selling the listings, uh, but just get them, package them up, get them out there and get the next one. And if you do that and you have enough inventory, then you'll be successful because you'll have things that sell and you'll and you'll be successful. And if you don't have inventory, then a year later, you'll run out of whatever savings you have. Will be gone and you'll be looking for a job and and that's really how it works
1: yeah so speaking of inventory so you guys are now in growth mode i think probably you're well past 36 listings as an office right so you're in the early 2000s now what's next where where is Transroll going are are you hitting the Stride of where where you were at before franchising with you know lots of agents multiple offices how did that all come to fruition? Yeah, so we,
3: we we were doing well and we're in Fort Lauderdale we're in our new offices about six thousand square foot in this tin can on the airport but it was a nice offices uh, and we were growing and we had an opportunity uh, through our our attorney uh, Greenspoon Mortar uh, from someone who was who was about to buy a franchise and. We had just gone through this process of of buying out new tech now I, I could I'd go back but in a minute but we uh, we had our attorney who's Greg blotig who is our an amazing attorney for all of transworld including back in the uh, in the blank days uh Sid Blank days but uh he he recommended that this person from Orlando John Raggiiri if he's going to open up an office he should open up a trans world office so he came down, visited with us. We're having our Thursday morning meetings and he's like, I need to buy, I need to buy this company. And so uh, he wound up buying. So that was our first office outside of South Florida. We had opened up a small little office in Orlando, uh, in Miami. Uh, we had a little satellite office when we hired Frank Filer, uh in Boca Raton. So we had a couple of small little offices around Florida, around South Florida. And then now we were going to open up, uh, we were going to open up Orlando. And at the time we had just bought out new tech and new tech went public. So in 99, we, we could do a deal with new tech 2000, the world ends and we're doing pretty well with, tr- with their money. And we're growing it and we're, we're trying to figure out what's next. And, you know, and in 2000, uh, in 2001, they gave us a little bit of the money uh, in equity, and then they go public and they say, "Listen, we don't like the business. We don't like the uh, business brokerage business. It's not good for a public company. It, you have you have weird revenues and earnings because uh, you do a deal, you don't do a deal. You, you know. So as you, as most people here are listening to this, if they're in the business brokerage industry, they understand. So we wound up." buying them out. And we decided to go out to the marketplace and talk to some of our favorite people in town to see if they wanted to invest. And Peter and Tom approached me and others and said, hey, we'd like to invest. Let us buy the company. And and that really- Well, let,
2: let us buy the shares, the yeah. new tech
3: shares. Yeah, let us buy the new tech, new tech shares. So new tech owned about a third. Uh, we wound up uh, doing a deal and they came in. I bought a little bit more shares. Some of my family members bought shares. And, uh, you know, in 2002, uh, we wholly owned the company again. And we, and it was the first quarter, right when we bought it, it was the first quarter we did a million dollars in in fees. And 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 even New Tech, when they were selling us, he called me up and he's like, you guys just did a million dollars this quarter. You're about to explode. And we're like, nah, it's, nah, it was just lucky. It was lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, I did my first big deal, you know so, so we you know bought bought them out, and um and we started growing the company. Uh, you know we started growing through florida. Uh, we 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 realized that uh, Orlando was working. And so we opened up in Tampa, and we wound up buying a business brokerage in in Jacksonville. Uh, and we grew, uh, you know, we, we we basically grew denying offices. And mostly four big regions, but nine small offices throughout the, throughout the state. And we just kept hiring people. And uh, it was, it, you know, it was, it was really good times. I mean, from 2000, you know, basically two through 2009, we had a really good run where we kept growing, kept hiring agents, kept training people we would bring everybody to Fort Lauderdale. Peter was part of that training. Tom was always a part of that training. Uh, and, uh, and it was, it was going really well.
1: So great upward swing. So what happens in 2009? Like I think most of our listeners know (laughs) what happens in 2009 to the business brokerage industry. You
3: know, I've almost gone broke, I think twice in this business. Uh, once when, uh, I just bought it. And three months later, I, wound up not having enough money. It was probably the way I structured the deal and not realizing that my personal expenses were going to exceed anything that I could ever take out of the business in the first six months. So um, I had to borrow a little bit more money from my father-in-law, which was a tough conversation. And then in 2009, uh, 2009 comes along, we're doing well. We're, you know, we're distributing, we're distributing money. I think at the time we said, "Uh, yeah, let's just keep you know, close to 100,000 in the bank. We won't need much more than that ever. And 2009 comes and literally almost wipes out our Orlando office and anything on the west coast of Florida. Those those areas of Florida just got crushed. Uh, South Florida hung in there and North Florida, uh, our Jacksonville office, remained very steady. In fact, grew during, uh, you know, that, Economic downturn, but 2009, we were just scrambling to try to figure out what to do next. Yeah, and so, and, and 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 we had ideas, which kind of lead us to the next, um, you know, segment of this. But we had ideas that we were going to try to grow outside Florida. And at the time, the one story I say that was kind of like we're not going to be able to grow outside of Florida was we we hired this secretary out of. Uh, Uh, And Frank, you know, God bless Frank, uh, hired the secretary um, that he probably met at a karaoke bar or whatever. And he hired this very nice uh, woman that turned out to be a reality TV star. And I I wish I could remember her name right off the top of my head. But she she won a VH1 uh, singing contest, had a record contract. And was and and her handlers were saying, "You never held a real job. we dare you to hold a real job, So she tried to hold the job, and we were all deciding whether or not we're gonna drive up and who's gonna fire her. So we were like taking short straws who who's gonna drive five hours to handle this mess we got going up in jacksonville and it just made us realize that we need good partners and we need partners if we're gonna to go to Atlanta, if we're gonna to go to Charlotte that We needed partners like we had in John Ruggieri, which through this whole process, John wound up buying one of his listings, which we always recommend people don't do. And he decided to exit the business. So we bought him out as well. So we owned Florida 100%. Yeah.
1: And it makes sense because if you think about it, you know, as you guys um, became a partnership and you brought on more shareholders that were helping grow the Florida business, and that was that really great run that you all had um leading up to the early like 2010s that you did it with partners right and more people helping build and grow the business so i'm wondering what board meeting was it at when somebody brought it up like what about franchising or who who was the first person um that had that idea that might this might be the next phase for transworld
3: well i i you know i will give frank Feiler credit he was definitely one that definitely wanted to do it I say I was mediocre on it, that we would have regular board meetings with everybody. Everybody realized that franchising was probably a good partnership arrangement, uh, that we could grow the business without using our own capital uh, and getting some good people to join us. It was just about how we were going to do that. And it was Frank's introduction to a a gentleman by the name of Keith Canoos, who is an attorney up in uh, Boca Raton. And when he gave us his um, his his bill to move forward, uh, we all looked at each other and said, "You know, this is not going to work." Uh, and we decided we had to go out and find. And he said, "Well, if you're not going to do it yourself, you should talk to the folks at United Franchise Group." Yeah,
1: which we'll get into that whole franchising story in our next section together. But um, Peter and Tom won't be with us for that, so I'm I'm really I want to get your take on the growth that's happened since then. So Peter, since the franchising model, like from your perspective, what's happened to Transworld and how has your role really transformed too? Sure.
2: So, um, you know, coming into Transworld, um, my background had been, i have been involved in larger types of transactions and more investment banking type of transactions, companies that make, you know, making over a million or $2 million of profits. Which is not exactly the model of Transworld. Um, the mechanics are the same, really, of doing a deal, but the numbers—you know—you add a zero here or there. And so I always knew that I wanted to get back to, to to my roots on that. But you know, Andy, like you said, this isn't a this isn't a home run game. You know, you got to, you know, as my motto is: little deals pay the bills, big deals pay the frills. So I just started to slowly integrate larger transactions into into my model of, you know, small, medium, and large. Once, once we got going with the franchise um, and we started, you know, getting partners around the country, uh, bright people, uh, people like yourself, people, you know, other other great entrepreneurs from other uh, major cities, uh, a lot of opportunities started coming in where people were like, hey, you know, I, I know how to sell a small business. I don't know how to sell a larger business. Can you help? So it became an opportunity for us to create a business model, which is very unique in that we have a national footprint with people on the ground that can service a client locally, they can run over to somebody's office in a, in a moment's notice, yet have a, a central office where we could, we could provide back office support and, and more depth than you could, than a franchisee could prob, you know, possibly be able to produce on their own. So since that time, you know, my own personal practice has been uh, work, you know, has grown um, larger and I've worked with many of the franchisees on a national basis. And so I would say that, you know, the biggest impact for me has been, you know, that that kind of business
1: model. Yeah. And now with M&A division, I mean, there's very, very large deals getting done across the network, so Andy was kind of right, um but you were also right, Peter just took a few years to evolve, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, but I'll tell you, um you know he he was right and is right, and you know i I have fun you know, we have fun ribbing each other about it because you know i've you know many hundreds of millions of dollars of businesses sold later obviously i I have been you know. Thank God, been successful in this business. But I, I would have struck out if I went out immediately and tried to sell a five or ten million dollar business and not done what Tom said, which is get fifteen listings in ninety days. I would not. I would have in a year spent the last, you know, pennies I had, and and I would have been. I would have gotten a job somewhere. So, you know, the motto still still holds true. And you got
5: you got to build to that level. You just can't start there. Yeah. Sure. even
2: even if you're coming from that from doing that for, as right. you know you've got to really get down and get to the basics and then uh and then start integrating it in franchising has allowed that to accelerate to a much broader place and then there's really no company in the country most most of the larger investment banks or the mid, mid-sized investment banks have an office or two offices, maybe they have a New York and a San Francisco office or, you know, something like Chicago and Dallas, but nobody's in, you know, 200 plus cities across the country in every state. And so it's a really good partnership uh, that we have. And, and it's a service that we can offer that really is unmatched in, in small market M&A. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it really is. So Tom, we started with you I want to come back and wrap with you because you've seen Transworld the modern day version of trans world pretty much throughout its whole journey. So uh, same question to you, like, how has your role changed since we've expanded into franchising, but also did did you expect any of this when you walked into that office that first day?
5: Uh, maybe I should start there. You know, no, I, you know, it's funny, you know, you hear throughout your career, you know, you, you hear other people say, you know, they, they got the benefit of being on, you know, in a ground floor opportunity. This was Truly, a ground floor opportunity for me, and you know, I'm very blessed to have had it. The uh, I mean, you know, really ground floor. So, um, you know, in terms of the franchising and and how they it kind of changed our business overall, is uh, you know basically, you know, when we started franchising, we started developing the franchise offices and whatnot. It really it forced us as a company to to really create a real formal and robust training program. Not only were we, you know, we're now we're responsible for other people outside of our own organization and their success. So it really put the onus on us to really create something really special in the industry, something very, very comprehensive. And we've done that. We put, you know, Andy put together the, you know, the greatest team of trainers in this business, no, no doubt. I mean, Peter and myself and, and Randy Bring and others that are, that are experts in this and they, and we share all this information, all the things that we've learned through the school of hard knocks, trying to help people become successful and avoid a pitfall that we experienced ourselves. So um, I think that was a, you know, obviously that's helped our company grow and, the, and, and our franchisees grow and become more and more successful. And, and we're complete, we're always, you know, revisiting that and, and, and refining that. We just recently did it. Um we all pulled all the trainers pulled together and we looked at our, you know what we've been you know uh, presenting over the years and he told us that listen we gotta we gotta do better we gotta update this and 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 you know come forward with even something even you know even better than what we have and we just completed that we're we're rolling that out now. Uh so uh we're gonna continue to do that and and you know as we and and, and you know the franchise uh, model has, you know, has helped us, our operations here in Florida, which we, uh, you know, it's helped us develop what we're doing here. And Peter, you know, has, has just expanded. And technology,
2: how- the technology, the investment in technology uh, over the system wide has meant many millions of dollars. Yes. And it's not something that we, we, we would have ever made that investment at that level just for our, you know, say 100 people that we have here in Florida. Exactly. Um, and so we're the beneficiaries of that technology, and it's helping us uh, be much more productive uh, and allows us to, you know, to handle the volumes that we're handling. I mean, we're doing, uh, we'll probably do close to 400 transactions this year in Florida. One thing and you mentioned,
5: think, you know, I'm sorry, one thing you mentioned, saying. Jessica, was uh, was uh, you did asked me about from the beginning to where we're where I'm at right now, my own personal business. What I found, you know, and I remember my mother telling me this when I first decided to get into this business. That oh, that's a transaction business. You need to get a job with a paycheck. And you know, I obviously went against her advice. But um, what I found, and Peter can attest to this, Andy too, that you know, if you do a great job in this business and you stay with it over the years. This becomes a repetitive business. Entrepreneurs generally stick with something for, you know, five, six, seven years, and then they exit and move on to their next enterprise. And if you do a great job for people, they come back and you become their person. And you'll, you know, there are, I have clients that I've done a dozen deals with, either on the buy or sell, sell side. And that's at this point in my career, that's become 80% of my business. It's all repeat. Client buyers and sellers are coming back to do another deal.
1: Yeah, it's it's so true. So I, I want to wrap up by um on behalf of all the franchisees, thanking the three of you and the rest of the shareholders for so the Trans World um, business brokers, originally Trans World Business Brokers of Florida. It, it's it it's really inspiring when you guys when I hear you guys, you know, walk into an industry and you see that maybe the reputation isn't what it should be. And you aspire to change that reputation. And you've done that. And you look at a business and we're just doing, you know, small deals and and mom and pop shops. And then we bring in someone like Peter and we up-level our expertise. And we're now able to serve business owners from small to medium to sometimes very large businesses. And we've done that. Um, And then ultimately, for the competitive spirit that I know is still left in the three of you, you're not just number one in Florida anymore. You've now built the number one business brokerage in the world. So thank you for everything you've done. Um, Inspiring story. I hope our listeners that are either in the business brokerage field or not in the business brokerage field take a lot of lessons out of this session together of that it takes time and it takes effort. And you can go from a two or three person office to being number one in the world. So- Thank you, Tom, Peter, and Andy for sharing this welcome. part of the Transworld story. After our next break, we're going to learn about the next stage of franchising with United Franchise Group. Thank you. Hey, Andy, do you know what time it is? It's time for our Deal of the Week. Deal of the Week. So Hey,
3: welcome back, everybody. And it is Deal of the Week. And we are with Kevin Everts from Transworld Business Advisors of Syracuse. And you have a very interesting deal. Uh, it's an industry that a lot of people uh, love, especially as kids, and it's busy. And uh, this was a nice deal.
6: Yes, yes, it was a, a gymnastics center, and it was that the sellers wanted to uh, exit the business and get into retirement. So they came to me as a local business advisor, and uh, we originally they just wanted to get a million dollars out of the deal. Um, we walked through valuation multiples. They had. SDE of close to $550,000, $560,000, advise them to, to, we should start a lot higher. At the end of the day, they made $250,000 more free um, than they originally wanted to have. So, and it was a great family, um, great staff, and the buyer was out of town, but it worked out well. Yeah. So
3: good deals for good people. And it sold for like 1.5, right? Yeah. Well, 1.4. Yeah. 1.4. So that was almost a three-time multiple. Yes. All right. Nice deal. And uh, it had been around for a long time.
6: Correct. Correct. They built up the business over the last 15 years, um, building good staff. And uh, and that was the key, making sure the staff uh, had stability. Excellent. So... If somebody wants to sell more
3: gymnastics center and want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to get in touch with you?
6: Uh, Everts at TWorld.com uh, because a lot of the buyers were out of state or out of city for sure, downstate because it's a, it's a very popular uh, sport for young kids. It is, it is.
3: Okay, thanks for coming in. Thank you. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for listing of the week. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It is Listing of the Week, and we have a great one. We have Tom Milano from Transworld Business Advisors of South Florida, Fort Lauderdale, but our international broker extraordinaire, Extraordinary. Tom. Yeah, welcome. Thanks, Andy.
0: Great so, to be here again. You got a good deal? Uh, i got a great deal. Great new listings. Construction company's been around for about 20 years here in South Florida. They uh, put new water main pipes in. For all the different municipalities, they they represent 20 or 30 cities uh, everywhere from Miami up to Sarasota and Tampa, uh, doing about 20 million a year in revenue.
4: Wow, nice deal. Uh,
0: Yeah. Their seller's discretionary earnings is about uh, 3 million a year, Uh, consistent growth, plenty of room to grow bigger, plenty of heavy equipment involved. Uh, They also own real estate, another 3.4 million for that. Uh, the business is on the market at thirteen point five million. Uh, includes some working capital, uh, and again, it's a three million dollar bottom line.
3: Excellent. So, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you about it, yeah, Tom this way.
0: at TWorld.com dot com or 6867
3: Great listing. I don't think that'll last long. Hope not. All right. Thanks for coming. Thank out. you. Thanks for tuning into the show today. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends on social media. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions, would like to appear, or have suggestions for topics for the show, get in contact with us through our website, thedealboardpodcast.com.
0: Mom, Dad, you should shop Amazon for back to school and save some money. See, I'm currently obsessed with superheroes and need all the superhero stuff. Superhero lunchbox, superhero backpack. But next year, it'll be something else. Maybe dinosaurs? I don't know. I'm not a fortune teller. But I can tell you not to spend a fortune and shop low prices for school on Amazon. Okay, good chat. Amazon, spend less, smile more.
1: Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your
2: future differently. Acapella.edu